Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, it was a great pleasure to meet you in person a couple of days ago. Finally. Yep, finally. In Berlin, Germany. But we didn't take a photograph, so I, we can't it, prove Yeah, it I, I also already realized it was, it was a mistake, definitely. So yeah. we will talk, let's have some almost non-technical discussion about how to contribute to Postgres, what obstacles you can meet, how to pass those obstacles, and what, what contribution, what kinds of contribution we, we can do, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had requests about talking, I think probably reading them, I assume they were talking about code-wise, maybe specifically, or at least everything that's included, so maybe documentation. But it would be great to also discuss contributing in other ways, community ways, other ways that help the project in general. Right. There are several good talks from uh, people who, first of all, we don't contribute uh, quite actively. Right? Like I, I'm kind of very, very, very minor contributor. I had uh, this uh, coin with Postgres 14, and I already had notification that I'm included to Postgres contributor list this year. I mean, Postgres 15, so maybe we'll have another coin. I also was uh, like contributing more, a little bit more, 15 years ago or so in Postgres 8.3, working on XML data type and functions, but I'm not definitely not a C programmer at all. So, so like, that's it for me. Well, you say that's it, and I think hopefully a lot of our listeners would completely disagree with you on in terms of contributing to Postgres evangelism and talking about Postgres educating about Postgres you do loads you've you know, the Postgres TV channel has been a great resource for me especially over the years I've learned a lot of things through there I've seen some great talks that I wouldn't have got a chance to see otherwise equally you open source a lot of other code in and around the Postgres ecosystem. There's a lot of contributions there. So I think it, it depends a little bit on, on definitions. But if we're talking only to Postgres code base, I guess I've contributed zero to Postgres. But if we talk about the wider ecosystem, I feel like I've contributed a fair amount in terms of, you know, I've, I've translated a migration guide. I've written a little browser extension. I've done some documentation for, like, external documentation for explained. Well, and these, of course. So it feels uh, to me like we're contributing, maybe giving talks at conferences, that kind of thing. But if you only count code base wise, yeah, there's definitely, and, there, and there's always people that contribute more. Yeah, so our classification of contribution could include uh, at least one dimension where we see like code or uh, non-code contributions, right? We distinguish can distinguish them. Sometimes they come together. And also another dimension is, you know, this very, very old concept that open source is more like bazaar compared to enterprise software, which is more like cathedral. I think in our Postgres bazaar, in the center of it, we have huge cathedral which is controlled in centralized way. And this is Postgres code base. And if you want to contribute to that code base, you need to follow some rules and approaches and so on, and uh, be ready to like apply quite a good amount of energy to, to be included and considered as a contributor in, in that cathedral. So I started from describing this cathedral, but around it, we have a lot of other buildings and sometimes not buildings, like many things. It's, it's really bizarre. First of all, a lot of additional software, pieces of software, for example, extensions, some tools, many of them open source, most of them open source, some are not. And you can also consider, some are purely open source, many of them have 
a Postgres license, which is very, very, very open, very short and very open BSD style license. You can do whatever that you want, just don't erase author names. That's it, basically, right? So you can even sell it and, and don't share. You can sh not share your changes. But some some software, of course, related to Postgres is has different license. And you, but you still can contribute. For example, Timescale has dual license, and you can contribute to op purely open source part uh, and so on. Or for example, GitLab. Yeah. So GitLab or also database lab. I wanted to mention uh, our yeah. product as well. We have a GPL v3 license, so it's not BSD at all. But still, you can contribute there as well. Full transparency. PG Mustard is completely closed source. Yeah, and we have <laughs> discussion with what is better, right? But yes, yeah, so because of the requests and because of what people seem to want to know most, I think we should start with, you'd be great to introduce how to contribute from a code perspective, how to get started there. And then we can talk a bit more about contributions more generally or ways of getting started maybe elsewhere. Right. So we, let's again, let's distinguish big cathedral in, in, in the center of our bazaar and all other places of our bazaar. All other places, it's easy. You go to this project. If you like the project, usually they have in readme some like contribution sec section or contributing.md, for example. It's quite of also quite kind of standard right now for open source projects. Yeah. Our database lab engine also has contributing.md explaining where to start, where to find uh, good first tasks to check codes style and so on. But if we talk about the main cathedral, uh, I wanted to mention several mat good material. We can recommend them in show notes. Unfortunately, uh, material I quickly remembered, it was from Anastasia or Anastasia Lubenikova. It was in Russian, sorry, sorry. So I cannot recommend those who don't speak Russian. But there was a blog post in Timescale blog last year from, from I forgot the name, sorry, also Russian speaking from Timescale. But it's, it was quite good in intro post. Uh, you can check that. And you can provide a couple of recommendations and check our show notes, right? Yeah, there was a talk by Leticia, I believe, recently. I can't remember if it was recorded. I'll get the link to that if it was. She was she's very good at publishing her slides, so maybe at least those. And there was one that wasn't... It was with examples, I think, one from Melanie Plagerman. I'm sorry, I probably pronounced both of those badly. But those talks were fantastic. And they definitely... It definitely seems like there's quite a high barrier to entry, but those talks give you a nice process for how to go about doing so. Right. But so far, we talk about only code contributions. Very roughly, the process is, that, is this. First, you need to learn how to compile a source code on your system. It's super easy, especially on Linux. There is a wiki web page which describes what you need to install on your system. I usually do it on Linux remotely in Tmux. I have Postgres checked out. Postgres usually, like, you will, you will have master branch. You can check it out from GitHub or GitLab. GitHub.com slash Postgres or GitLab.com slash Postgres. It's, it's a mirror, right? Postgres doesn't use uh, branches for development. No regular Git flow, like development feature branches. Branches are only to uh, maintain uh, major versions. Major versions. Right, yeah. so like stable release number 15, uppercase, you will see it. So you can check the code out and switch to the branch you want to explore. For example, we check out and either we stay in the current development line as Postgres 16, or we can switch to previous one 15 and if you want to develop our addition in, into 15 branch, right? So we switch and then we need to just compile it. It's just three lines. You need to install dependencies, as I've said, like also several packages. 
but then it's first conf configure with prefix. I usually do like prefix in my home dear because just avoid dealing with permissions and sudo at all. Because, because this, this Postgres will be like uh, temporary for development purposes, so I don't install it outside of my home directory. Everything is inside. So you mentioned prefix and that's it. Conf uh, dot slash configure dash dash prefix equals some path. You wait a little bit. If you install all dependencies correctly, it won't complain. So, and then you just make, make its compilation. It will re require some time. You know, CPU time, but usually it finishes successfully and then make install and you have Postgres installed in the directory you used in prefix. That's it. Only three lines. Simple, easy, super easy. Yeah. And for anybody, if that sounds intimidating, then kind of baby steps before then can be anytime you're curious about a feature, how something works in Postgres, you can start by looking at the code, searching on the GitHub mirror, for example, looking at the the code comments, things like that, get starting get to get familiar with things. And also, oh, I guess it's obvious, but there's some parts of the code base that don't touch as much of the rest of it. So mm, if you're, if you, there's no, there's no list of issue, open issues or anything. So maybe you need to start like make, starting to monitor some of the mailing lists to start to see what questions are coming up, that kind of thing. Is that sensible or no? Development is done in PGSQL hackers at postgreskill.org mailing list. So you need, to, you need to subscribe. You can uh, see archives on website. And also there is commit fast uh, kind of software supporting to group discussions and the patches uh, have on, on a single page for it's like a replacement for pull request, I would say. Kind of, kind of. So, like, if we have some feature, we can. It, the development can last years, actually. And commit commit fast entry is where people manually register. Okay, we have this feature and, and track status lifecycle. So, it's is it an under review or returned with comments to the author? So, some changes are requested and so on. But everything is done through mailing list, and you need to attach a patch to your email. So it's, it's like a project management system, isn't it? Like it's the commit fest are almost like a way of project managing a little yeah, bit. But I would, I would add that that often comes up as a really good recommendation for a place to start in reviewing other people's patches. So sometimes it's a exactly. lower barrier to entry. So once you are, you know how to compile and make Postgres working. I mean, if you run an NDB initialized database and you connect with to Postgres, to, uh, like on special port, for example, you adjust that port if you have a, a other Postgres running. Usually, like if we can run multiple Postgres, we just need to use different uh, ports. So once you are able to compile from sources and make Postgres running, you can check some patch. This is a great idea. You go to commit fest list of currently patches. There are always some many things that need review. So you you can check something. Then you need to learn how to apply patch to your source code. Interesting thing that once you compile everything, if you change something, you can just say make and it will compile only what was changed. So it will be much faster. That's how you can iterate. And the same thing as with minor upgrades, you just need to replace the binary and restart Postgres and you have already new version of it. So iteration is quite simple and fast. You changed code, make make install, restart Postgres, and you're already working with new binary. So you applied patch, make, make, uh, make, install, restart Postgres, and you're already working with patched Postgres. 
the only thing usually like you need like something like dash p1 or something to ignore some leading parts of the path so you need to to know how to use patch command in command line in linux so so people need to be familiar with c i guess or get familiar with c to contribute i i disagree with you i disagree first oh, okay yes i disagree c is you familiar with c i don't consider myself familiar with c like i learned it at university i used it many times but i i forgot everything everything well there is java javascript other languages which are similar kind of right you can lack a lot of knowledge but you still can try to compile and use postgres right this is super big contribution to review patch uh, not from the perspective of code but from perspective of f- feature from behavior right so this is one thing second thing to to read source code you don't know no don't need to to know c open github or gitlab mirror just read all comments comments explain a lot and also sometimes readme.md in the same directory uh, or txt i don't remember so readme file which explains what's happening inside some directory and uh, this is enough to start right so you don't it's, it's not a requirement to make source contributions to no c and, but of course if you need to write a substantial part of code you need to be familiar with c but not yeah. for reviewing patches this yeah, is very a, good point mm-hmm. i i wish actually reviewing patches would be even easier i know there is ci cd already used from I, i forgot the company it's not not github not gitlab some other company provides infrastructure Uh, to run te- tests and so on if we had maybe we have it i i'm not i don't I, maybe i'm missing some details here but for, imagine if we already have binaries for various platforms for each feature branch so reviewing user wise from user perspective yeah, would be much easier you just install that branch you know like a revision this is this commit you're reviewing or this patch you're reviewing but unfortunately like there is by barrier but I, i i must assure you knowing c is not a requirement for reviewing patches yeah fair and one other like very very close to postgres sorry for interruption no, just no, no. to complete picture knowing c is not requir- requirement requirement is knowing how postgres works and to be a postgres user so if you're a yeah. dba or programmer developer who uses postgresql you know how it works in terms of sql some details and you know if this patch adjusts some behavior this is this is what needed you can say before it worked May- this way now it worked this way i checked these corner or edge cases and you can provide very useful helpful feedback to mailing list exactly replying on the mailing list is as easy as replying to an email it's that's that's the barrier to entry there and I, i've been able to do that even with a couple of different patches that one of them was planning this is still not committed but it's planning to add extra information to joins or loop like nested loop operations when to explain it, output do you mean yes mm-hmm. exactly and as a tool provider i'm able to add context as to when those for example they're planning to add a, a minimum and a max rows per loop which is really useful when for example the average rows per loop is zero below 0.5 it's really helpful to know that any rows are returned because if you only get returned the average you re- 
as a tool you need to you need to kind of display zero or make an estimate which is really not optimal and misleading at times so having that max is really helpful at times, or and a total especially so i think that was that's giving extra context that you have as a user or as a someone else in the ecosystem can be really helpful if all people are thinking about is the code and um, there was another area that i was interested in talking about which is kind of projects around the core, which seem quite central, like, for example, the software that runs the mailing lists and displays the mailing lists. I believe that's a Django project, for example. So there are other projects written in different languages, very, very close to the core experience of, of Postgres that ha that use different technologies as well. Right. And before we switch to like to move yeah. move further, of course, if you know C and you can analyze the patch from a code perspective and uh, or write some patch, of course, then you need to know some details how, like, to know about Postgres macros, macro a lot of macros, macros inside the code, some like try begin, a lot of stuff, and also how to use GDB debugger, how to deal with some core dumps when it crashes and so on but, but it's already like for moving further right uh, i think it's not already it, it it will be obvious wiki has a lot of information of course so yeah so it's easy to find some interesting like details but if you want to discuss mailing list yes i for me it's huge barrier like sometimes i have some proposal and i post a patch for code or documentation by the way documentation lives in the same uh, repository in doc doc or docs uh, directory and it's in sgml format which like is superset of html xml xhtml and xml so it, it's then converted to html kind of interesting markup language uh, i would like to avoid but anyway it's there it's not uh, difficult to adjust it and then you can send, you can have a different send patch in mailing list, but it's it's painful. For example, documentation on our website, I can edit it right on my phone or iPad easily. Like I don't need to compile anything and so on. Like I don't need to extract code. I can do it on GitLab or GitHub and just just that's it. And I even using CI/CD, I I will automatically have result right and check how it looks. In fact, I have a recommendation for you for for open talks. There, my an absolutely fantastic talk at the Postgres EU conference just now by somebody not from the Postgres ecosystem, and sh she's a professional technical writer and and actually documentation architect, and really went into detail about how much yeah Postgres gets a lot of compliments for how good its documentation is, uh, but there are also a lot of ways it can be a lot better, and one of them was how how much we could lower the barrier to people being able to contribute to it we have the, the process of changing documentation it's quite it's the same as the source code so you don't need to compile maybe but unless you you, you need to, to know how to convert from sgml yeah. to html but again like it's you need source check out source code and deal with these files only on computer Roughly, yeah you can yeah. you can connect to server anti max right on phone but it will be really painful so, so yes, this is the process, and each time I have some proposal, it hurts, like easily. Like, but I consider I... this workflow as very old-fashioned and outdated, and and it, it's the, because of these barriers. I, I'm hundred percent sure many people don't contribute. So, if you want yes. to contribute, you need to be prepared to to apply energy, more energy than you can expect initially. I think unlike a lot of open source projects, 
it, the default is not it mailing lists don't necessarily you don't have to have a resolution for example in in github workflow if you open an issue it eventually has to either it has to eventually be closed otherwise it or continues pull request to, not request right exactly but that would still close the issue right whereas a mailing list a a, a threat statuses yeah it, it, yes but my my point really is that in my my experience for example with the documentation we one of one of my minor contributions was trying to push forward the change for defaulting to the current so trying to get search engines to pick up that we yeah. were telling search engines problem solved this is good i i yes, it's a, almost it's a big daily like it actually so i i notice it almost daily and and it's so good that it's finally solved So Nikolai and I know what we're talking about here, but for everybody else, it's the problem with when you Google search for something that you hope will, the Postgres documentation will cover. Out the, of the table Postgres. Link, and you see yeah, some very old. Exactly. Mm -hmm. In the past, maybe if you searched that six months ago, you might have, you, it was a real lottery as to which version of Postgres documentation you would get linked In to. In most which, cases, it was not the latest version. Most yeah, cases. exactly. For almost always, it was not the latest. And now through a, probably about a history of maybe 10, 12, 15 different threads that were started on the mailing list, it eventually gathered enough consensus. I, and I, think I that's, raised that's, this guy a couple of times. A couple yeah. of those threads are my ideas, but... I think the final thread that did work actually might have started with you. So, well, okay. actually, no, I think it was Andres from Microsoft, Andres. Yeah, so, he, uh, yeah, but, he but did a very good a, analysis of previous threads, like, like yeah. this is whole picture, right? I yeah, remember. and that, for me, was a really good example of sometimes that, the patience that's needed, but also the process. The process, by default, ends in not nothing happening. You need to the, push the constantly. Push, yeah, push, exactly. Push. You, So that don't give up and also build consensus. So starting with a patch isn't always the best advice. Maybe it is the best way of getting feedback on the specifics, but you can also start with a discussion, start with a suggestion and start to try and build consensus. See if people even agree with your approach before you start coding. That seems to be how some people do it and get success. So, so talk um, about design and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Trade-offs, alternatives that you considered, examples of the problem that you've seen, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, speaking of mailing list, another problem, quite a huge one. We all already got used to use div discussion per line, like in, in pull request, merge request, we can say, say in this line, we see this, we can start discussing it. And have single context for everyone and m multiple discussions can happen at the same time. In when you talk about the code and, and you discuss some patch in mailing list, uh, you refer to some line and then some, uh, some and if another, <laughs> another person's already sent a new version of patch you're already starting to visualize this like so so you need quiet imagination of code in your head uh, to speak about multiple versions it, it even hurt me when i worked on translation of uh, release notes because some bug was in the original text in english and it was fixed and the line changed and then my patch already like patch may be adjusted but uh, discussions uh, previous discussions referring to some lines So it's it's difficult, believe me. Yeah. Translations is, in fact, maybe that's a good time. I know we don't have loads of time left, but it'd be good to cover at least a few other ways that people can contribute to the wider project. And translations is a really good starting point for that, I think. If you speak yeah, maybe. another language other than English and you're keen to help, 
there's there's a lot of efforts to to translate different things and it's often if you look at the list of people that have done each language it's a very small list of people doing a lot of work there so I'm grateful to everybody who has been involved in those projects those people who translate release notes uh, they have understanding of what's new this is this well, actually I I was translated to Russian for many years until this year and I actually I actually enjoyed like I I know many details like I spent some time for translating yeah. I know some details but uh, maybe uh, you can just blog post about new features and about some yeah. things and so on and so on it's also like of course uh, we are we are coming outside of main cathedral in the center so you can write content you can write uh, create videos I think it's obvious Postgres needs more if when you search good materials uh, of course sometimes you uh, every problem you dive in you will find maybe something but usually it's not enough and you can discuss your experience and help help content based grow as well yeah absolutely and in this area i i want to say like also Planet PostgreSQL org is the good place to start seeing what's what's Postgres, what Postgres ecosystem has, but keep in mind that it's only it's, it mostly it focuses mostly on texts. For example, if you commit, yep. uh, if you push something, try to push video only or some infographics, some something not non-textual, they probably will not approve this posting, and you won't be able to to be present on Planet. But I, I like I think. Like we we do podcast, YouTube channel, yep. some infographics. I, I, like not everyone can read long long texts. I personally have issues with reading long text. I can write one, but reading one is always even more difficult for me than writing. It's just I'm very visual person, and yep. I see in very very different areas, technical areas, how sometimes good visualization can be, and I'm sure Postgres can have more materials, Postgres ecosystem can have more materials, even sometimes dealing with code. I remember we created uh, several things, like you take code and you start vi- visualizing this line is responsible for this behavior and it helps you understand how a particular thing is working. So, infographics, good also idea, right? Yeah, I've seen some good ones that get distributed on Twitter, for example. So it can be as easy as that, putting something together and sharing it and maybe tag tag some people that you know would share it and let, or let us know. It, on that note, things like Postgres Weekly is quite good at distributing things like that as well. Yeah, picking yeah. up on things. They they share them. all types of materials. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I why we like focusing on this because the documentation is amazing. I I like documentation actually. It's great. Three thousand pages if you print it on A4 format. But the problem with documentation is, of course, it lacks many things. For example, pictures only one or two. Yeah. How many? Like gene indexes? Five now. Five already. Wow, I, I'm lagging. But only five, right? So there is opportunity here, and it lacks a lot of how-to style pieces. Sometimes yeah. you have something in the end of page some usage notes, but it lacks completely how-tos. For example, you, I just want to set up replication and steps. Better with some screenshots or visualization of console or of anything, like screencast. It lacks it. And there are attempts to build uh, like additional there, there are websites that try to deliver similar content, but still it's far from being perfect to this, this area. How-to styles. Yeah. How-to style documents. Yeah, exactly. But all those additional things you're talking about, they're all examples of people contributing, I think, to the Postgres project. There's lots of examples of those. So don't, I think it's also probably quite important to say, don't ask 
you don't have to ask for permission to put something up as a third party. So for example, that browser, I, I made a browser extension before that redirect, before the, the problem was solved on Google and other search engines to get to the latest version. I made a browser extension, put it on Firefox, put it on Chrome web store, stores, made the source available. I didn't have to ask for permission from anybody. It, it's not widely used, but there's no, you don't have to wait, for, like you don't have to go to the cathedral and ask permission to be let in. You can set up your own little stall. You don't even have to, to pay to have a stall because, at the bazaar. Because wide view on it, it's a huge bazaar, really. So you, yeah. sometimes people prefer not going to cathedral. For example, Percona, they created PGSTAT monitor and it's actually a replacement for PGSTAT statements solving some of the, its, its problems. And they decided not to work on it as a part, like not, not improving PGSTAT statements, uh, just to have their own release cycle, not to be dependent on the core development and so on and so on. It's, yeah. it's an option. Definitely. Extensions are a huge contribution to the Postgres ecosystem. And even the team behind the extension Zombo DB that does Elasticsearch to Postgres. Uh, a bridge between, between Elastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing project. But they've, they, I'd say an even bigger contribution they've done to the Postgres ecosystem is the extension framework behind it to help make extensions even easier to write. So that that's a fantastic contribution to the yeah. ecosystem. There are thousands of extensions. But yeah. also don't don't forget augmented like not augmented additional utilities, not extensions, but utilities. Our just our database lab engine it's not an extension. Yeah. It's additional additional software. And there are many, many, many other pieces of software. And there is a, a curated list of Postgres projects, extensions and tools and so on. Awesome Postgres. It's called Awesome Postgres. We will provide yes, link. on GitHub. Of course, it doesn't have everything, but has many things. So has a lot of things that are awesome on it. I, I'm, it's sad that there is no such list of curated materials for content about Postgres. I think on awesome, on awesome Postgres, there are some, maybe we some. should add some more to that. Some. Maybe, but yeah, it should not, be not. structured very differently than software. Very differently, because content okay. is not software. I, like it's another story. <laughs> so. it, maybe you need a pull request. You can do your, your preferred yeah. method maybe. on awesome. Maybe we will discuss this separately. But there are yeah. several starting points where you can check and find opportunity to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, that's it. I think. Oh, I have one more actually. I wanted to give a shout out to everybody in the Telegrams, Discord, Slacks. IRC was particularly helpful to me. People that help beginners. That's a big contribution to the to the ecosystem as well. And people that especially people that are friendly to beginners. Stack overflow uh, as well. Right. Yeah, and you don't have to be that technical. You could if you're if you're one step ahead of somebody, you can help them along. The problem with this always for me, when I start doing this, it, for, by the way, it's a good anti, antidepressant or something like you, if you have some issues, some stress, uh, just go to help someone stack overflow, some chats, telegram, I don't know, like any, anywhere. And uh, the problem with me, usually when someone asks something and you, you think you think, you know, answer, but then you start researching and couple of hours later you understand you you already learned a lot it's as good but yeah. you also didn't didn't want to spend so much time for it so yeah. but it's good really like i i know like people who do it constantly and it's, it's like some hobby helping others yeah it's it's good good and like it, it feels it feels good definitely but it can eat all your time easily. 
Yeah. And maybe if you learn and you spot patterns of what people are asking, I know Depez is very good at this. He spots patterns of what people are asking and then writes a blog post about it so he can just send them the link in future. It's a good way of getting into understanding what do people care most about? What should I do a video about? What should the documentation cover better? So if you want to contribute or what it may be, even what should, should Postgres behave differently? Should it have a different default? That kind of thing. So maybe getting involved in those communities might even be a really good starting point. Postgres definitely should have different defaults. Yeah, <laughs> different topic. <laughs> right. Good. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Sorry, this one's a bit later than usual, and looking forward to getting getting another but, one for uh, you next week. I've got. Did you did you get it as well? I've got several good like, personal pieces of personal feedback. Like people yeah, th- told this is was incredibly like great. <laughs> At the conference, yeah, it yeah, was bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre being approached, being like, "Are you, are you the people from Postgres?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed. So I, um, I, I answered. This, this is exactly exactly what drives us. So we, we thank you for feedback. So please continue providing feedback, like, share. Oh, by the way, special announcement today: if you have Apple device, iPhone or iPad, please go to Apple Podcasts and write review. Please. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. Would be much appreciated, and especially thanks to everybody that came up to us and said thank and gave us feedback in person as well. I know it's a bit not possible for everybody, but we appreciated it. Great. Thank you. We take we, care. We did it. We didn't miss another week. Great. No. Excellent. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.